What up, H12? How are you guys doing tonight? Awesome. In case you guys don't know me, I'm Trey. I'm one of the resident pastors here. And uh, yeah, just a little background about myself. I grew up in Oklahoma. Any Oklahoma fans out there? Wow, that's weird. I was expecting nothing, actually. So that, that's cool. Um, but I went to school up in Indiana, at Indiana Wesleyan University. And that's where I met my wonderful, amazing wife, Holly. Yes, she is incredible. We got married a year ago, last summer. And here's a picture from our wedding. It's one of my favorite pictures of all times. All the girls are like, how in the world did he get such an amazing wife? And all I can say is God is good. Amen. Amen. And all the guys are saying, uh, how in the world did he get such an amazing sword? And all I can say is God is good. Amen. Well, tonight we're finishing up a series called Brand New. And what we're trying to do in this series is kind of the same thing that Buick is trying to do in this commercial. So check it out. Didn't I tell you to decorate their Buick? You did, but that's not a Buick. Yes, it is. Oh, Buick makes a convertible. So which car did you decorate? Uh-oh. <laughs> the all-new Cascada. It's a convertible. And yes, it's a Buick. Awesome. So... Through this commercial, Buick is trying to change their brand. They're trying to go away from uh, a car that's known as being like an old person's car, like a grandpa car, you know? And now they're like, we're cool, we make convertibles. But in this series, we're trying to rebrand what people think of Christianity. And we're trying to change it so that when people see you and meet you, it elevates what they think of when they think of a Christian when they think of Christianity. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, he says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So what Jesus is saying here is that people are watching. And if we shine, they'll praise God. They'll glorify God. The people in your life will make decisions about God based on how you walk with him. So that, that, can, that can mean a lot of things, can it? That can, that can impact how you, um, how you go to school, how you interact with your teachers, how you play sports, how you do your homework, what you do for your, your fun time, your recreation time, how you interact with your parents or your coaches. But tonight I want to talk about something specific and yet broad. And I want to talk to you about hard things. Tonight, we're going to talk about hard things. So as teens, some of you guys go through some tough times, don't you? Can I get an amen? amen. You guys go through some tough times. And maybe, maybe high school is just kicking your butt right now. And you guys just don't know what to do. Some of you ninth graders, you guys used to be the top dog at your school. Now you're in high school and you're the... You have a little squirt now, and you're just like, oh, man, I have to start from the bottom again. So, some of you guys, 
having a tough time at home with your family. Maybe you don't get along with your parents. Maybe some of you guys feel like your coaches aren't treating you well. Maybe some of you are uh, really struggling in the friend department. Maybe you don't have many friends, or maybe your friends aren't being good friends. Some of you are going through some really hard things. Some of you have a close friend or relative or family member who has died. Some of you, your parents are separated or divorced. You guys, there's a lot of junk going on in your lives, isn't there? There's a lot of junk going on. And people are watching. How do you respond to the hard times in your life? So how do we respond to these times, whether they're big or small? How do we respond to these hard times in a way that will point people towards Christ and in a way that will glorify God? So if you've been with us in the past two weeks, we've been in Philippians chapter 2. So you guys have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you don't have a Bible, you can grab the one under your seat. Philippians chapter 2, it's page 1,179. All right, Philippians 2, verses 14 and 15. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. So, in the verse we read about um, Jesus, where Jesus said, he said, let your light shine before others so that they they may glorify God. And now Paul is saying, this is how you shine. This is how you shine your light, by doing everything without complaining or grumbling and arguing. So some of you are thinking like, oh, it's easy for Paul to say that. He's like the best dude in the Bible, you know, other than Jesus, obviously. He's disqualified. But some of you are like, man, Paul was like the best missionary ever. It's easy for him to say, oh, yeah, do everything without grumbling. Do everything without arguing. But what you guys need to know is that Paul went through a lot of tough times in his life, too. Paul went through shipwrecks and through beatings and stonings. One time the crowd beat him so bad they actually thought he was dead, and they just left him there on the ground, and he got up. Um, But where he is when he's writing this letter, he is in prison, writing this letter to the church in Philippi. And he says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. So, how is this so hard, and why is it so important? You see, the, the default way, the default way in a human being is to react to negative things in a negative way, right? That makes sense. Something bad happens to you, and so you react to it in a bad way. It's not normal for something bad to happen to you, and you react to it in a good way. So that's why it's so hard. That's what, that's what we're working against here. And, but Paul says, he says, hey, I don't, ma- I don't care. I don't care what you're going through. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. 
And so here, here's, the, here's the difference um, between a Christian and a non-Christian. A non-Christian, and I'm going to say even, even a Christian who is, who is undeveloped and unrefined. Storms are going on in their life. Hard things are happening. Their outer world is chaos, and so their inner world in chaos is chaos. And we can relate to that, can't we? Sometimes something just happens, and we just react. We don't even think. We just react. And something like this happens. Check it out. Ty, this got a brand new TV. Come on over. Let's play hey. mad. Fellas, get in here. A 50-inch? picture so clear. Another pick! Romo! Two things I learned from that video. One, never use Romo, apparently. And two, always get the protection plan. You know? So that's normal. That, that's the normal reaction to a bad thing. And while that may be a little exaggerated, we can relate, right? That's what we feel like doing sometimes. If we don't do that on the outside, at least we do that on the inside, right? But the difference between a non-Christian and a Christian is a non, when a non-Christian encounters those storms, that chaos in their outer world, their inner world is chaos. But a Christian, when they encounter those, those storms in their life, when they encounter those hard times, when their outer world is chaos around them and everything's falling apart, their inner world can still be solid, can still be grounded. And that is because Christians have faith. And faith gives you hope in adversity. It gives you joy in trials. And it gives you peace in pain. Because faith anchors you to things that are outside of your circumstances. So you're anchored in things outside of your circumstances. And this is attractive to non-believers, like Jesus was talking about. This is attractive to non-believers because they see that you are going through hard things in your life and yet you're able to stay anchored, and they wish they had that hope in hard times and that peace and pain. And they are drawn to Christ because of that. Being anchored helps you go through hard times with hope, joy, and peace. And people notice and are attracted to Jesus. So tonight, I want to show you guys three anchors that you need to be anchored in and three anchors that we all need to be focused on to help shine in hard times and dark times in a way that will point people towards Christ. So the first anchor, and this should be the first blank, be anchored in Scripture to have God's perspective. Let's go back to the verse. You guys still have it open? It should be on the screen also. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, and a warped and crooked generation. Then, a warped and crooked generation, then you will be able to shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. So you will be able to shine 
bright like a diamond. No, no. Shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Anchoring to the word of life, the Bible, helps you have an anchor that stays firm despite what you're going through. And helps you go through hard times with perspective. In the Bible, you get to see examples of how people go through hard times with a good perspective. So you might see David, who is supposed to be king, but an evil king is chasing him and hunting him and trying to kill him for no reason. And David is hunted like an animal in the desert. And yet he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything. And you can see his example of how he goes through hard times. In the Bible, you can learn about Joseph, who was sold into slavery by his own brothers and who was thrown into jail. And yet when, his, when he sees his brothers later in life, he says, you know what? You guys tried to hurt me, but God used that for good. And in the Bible, you get to see an example like Paul, who gets shipwrecked, stoned, beaten, like we've talked about. And yet he goes through, and in this book, in this letter that we're looking at, later on he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Like he wants you to get the picture, rejoice, no matter what you go through. So when you go to scripture, you have perspective on how to walk with God through hard times. And when you're anchored in scripture, you have God's perspective and your friends will notice and they will be attracted to Jesus because the peace you have in those hard times. So the second anchor is to be anchored in prayer to have an outlet for pain. Now pain is real. Pain is legit. And what I'm not saying is that when hard times come, you guys aren't supposed to feel pain. That's not what I'm saying at all. When hard times come, pain follows. But what I am saying is that there are good ways and bad ways to deal with pain. And the best way that God has given us to handle our pain is prayer. If you turn just the next page in Philippians, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I don't know about you guys, but what I normally do when hard times come, I run and I go to first to the people I'm closest with relationally. So I, I might go to my wife or I might go to my parents. Some of you might, might run to your BFF and talk about the tough times you're going through. Or maybe it's your mom, maybe it's your dad. But we run to the people that are closest to us. And what we need to do is develop such a deep relationship with God so that when tough times do come, he's the first person we go to, not the last. He's the first person that we go to help, for help, not the last. And the peace that doesn't make any sense, says the peace that passes all understanding, that just means when people look at you, 
they see what you're going through, and they see your reaction, it doesn't make sense, and it blows their mind. They can't handle it. And it doesn't make sense, and it makes them ask questions. How in the world can you handle your dad dying like that? How in the world can you handle not making the team with that such great of an attitude? And it blows their mind. And then you get to point them to the one that you're anchored in, and they are drawn to Christ through it. So that's the second one. Be anchored in prayer to have an outlet for pain. The third anchor I want you guys to get and that, that we need to, to look at is be anchored in church to have a constructive community. Many of you hang out with people who do not have your best in mind. That was a big struggle for me in high school because I played a lot of sports and a lot of people that I was teammates with weren't the best influence on me, but it's so tempting to want to hang out with them all the time. But before you know it, they start influencing me. Some of you don't have the best friends. And when you go through hard times, they either leave you or they lead you down wrong paths and wrong reactions. Some of you might even have, have friends in here and maybe... Maybe you want to get something out of this service, and, but maybe the friends you sit by are, are talking the whole time, and you can't get anything out of it. So some of you have picked friends that are not building you up. But some of you are in communities that aren't building you up, and you have no choice. Some of your guys' families are rough. Your families do not build you up. And that's not how it should be, but it's the sad truth. Some of you guys have really tough family backgrounds that the outside world may have no idea what's going on, but you do. And you know what's, what goes on at home. And it doesn't make the hard times better. They make them worse. So whether you're picking your friends or it's family, you can't choose. One thing you can choose is church your church community. And this is so important. Because in Philippians, again, Paul in chapter 4, verses 14 and then 16, he says, Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. He's saying to the church, When I was in trouble, you guys shared in my trouble. You helped bear my burdens. He says, It was good of you to share in my troubles. And then verse 16 for even when I was in Thessal Thessalonica, Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. So he said, when I was in trouble and I was at this city that's really hard to pronounce, you guys sent me aid. You guys sent me help and you guys sent me friends. What Paul is saying is, I went through hard times and you guys had my back. And that's what we want H12 to be for you guys. When you go through hard times... We want to be a community that builds you up, that points you to God. Some of you, when you're going through hard times, the thing you need to do most is just come in here and worship. That's why if you guys have a bad day at school and everything was going bad, the worst thing you could do is stay home. You think, oh, I just had an awful day. I'm not going to go to church tonight. That's the opposite. If you had an awful day, the thing you need to do most is to come and worship God. 
Because it is in worship that our priorities are set straight. Like we talked about last week, I am third. When we come in church, we realize that God is first. And we come to worship. And then we realize that others are second. We come to serve. And then we realize that I'm third. And we come, and through life groups, we get help. And we get support. And we get community. So you need to choose church and make it a priority because it is so essential and helpful in going through hard times. So this might mean you have life groups on Sunday, you have a birthday on Sunday, and might be saying to your mom, hey mom, can we celebrate on Saturday or a different day because life groups is a priority for me. Because life groups are something that give me life. The cheesy ones, it gets them. People in the back are like, oh, are you kidding me? That wasn't funny. Why are the people in the front laughing? <laughs> Thanks, people in the back. I got you. So when you're anchored in church, you have a constructive community that helps keep you anchored in hard times. And your friends will notice. Like, how can you go through this hard time? And they will notice. And they'll, they'll be drawn to Christ. They'll be attracted to Christ. Because Being able to go through a hard time anchored like that, man, that's attractive. People want that. So I have a final story. There is a a story I heard when I was younger growing up, and it never, like I, I couldn't stop thinking of it, and it stayed with me all these years. I really wanted to share it with you guys. It's Horatio G. Spafford, and he lived about 150 years ago, and he was a successful lawyer and businessman in Chicago. Chicago Cubs, okay. Man, a lot of haters. Maybe you should keep that to yourself. So, successful businessman in Chicago. And um, he had a lot of businesses, a lot of buildings, and he had an amazing wife, and he had a young son and four young daughters. He had four daughters. I have four sisters, so I I can relate. And um, so he had this beautiful family, he had a successful business, and then his son died of pneumonia, and it just rocked their family. And then later that year, the Chicago fire happened and destroyed his entire business. And they're left without a son and without a business. And as they're trying to put together the pieces over the next couple years, they decide they need to take a trip, maybe a vacation to to England to get away. So they decide they're going to go over to England. Last second, he has a business deal that he has to deal with So his family goes on ahead, and he says he'll follow them up a couple days later. Four days into their journey to England, their ship crashes into another ship. 226 people die. It's the worst sea accident in history up to that point, and it was until the the Titanic. And his wife was one of the few to survive, but their four daughters passed away. 
and he received a telegram from his wife, survived alone, what shall I do? And so he gets on the next ship over, and he, he starts going to meet his wife in England. And as they pass over the spot where his daughter's ship went down, the captain pulls him in and says, this is, this is the spot. And as his ship was passing over that area where his family went down, he wrote the words to him, it is well with my soul. And the first lines of this hymn are, When peace like a river attendeth my way, and when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. How is he able to do that? How is he able to go through such an awful time and yet still say, I'm sure with tears streaming down his face, it is well, it is well with my soul. That's because he was anchored in something that all of us as Christians are anchored in, and that's in Jesus Christ. And later in the song, he talks about how Christ has taken his sins and has died in his place, and that one day he will go home to his true home in heaven. And that's where his daughters are. That's where his son is. But that's how he can go through something like that. That's how he can be anchored. When chaos is all around him, when his outer world is falling apart, his inner world can still be anchored. And that song has impacted generation after generation after generation and has drawn life after life after life to Christ because people want that kind of hope and people want that kind of peace. So we're going to sing that song tonight. And some of you, some of you, as we sing the song, you might be thinking, what do you need to, what anchor do you most need to work on? Maybe you're lacking perspective in a, in a hard time you're going through. And you need to be in the word, anchored in the word. Maybe you need an outlet for pain because the ones, the ones you have aren't working. And your outlet for pain needs to be anchored in prayer. And maybe you have a community that's tearing you down and not building you up. And you need to be anchored in church. And some of you, maybe you've never taken that first step. Maybe your life is chaos and inside your, your inner world is chaos. And you want that anchor of Jesus Christ who can take your sin and guarantee a future of eternity in heaven. So whatever you are, as the band comes up, I want us to, to know that, that the world is watching. And as we go through hard times, they are hoping to see us react in a different way.